wonderful. This is excellent fellowship. And this is part of what we're here for. But now you got to sit down and listen to me. Unfortunately for you. <laughs> but anyway, um, so we have a few things to go through today. Um, we have, we did the creed. We have our, our memory verse. So if you guys know, uh, you guys should know this by now, right? I should know this by now. I have the card. <laughs> um, so let's go through this real quick. All right. Um, Proverbs 2, 1 through 6. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, sorry, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. All right, so actually that is actually my first verse that I'm going to get into today, but we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, again, I, I wanted to encourage anybody, if you guys have not um, either signed up online to collect money for today's choice, or if you haven't donated money to today's choice, if you're not sure where to, to do that, if you want to be part of the walk, that's coming up next Saturday, which is like right around the corner, you know, it's like a week. Um, so I would encourage you guys to come out, be part of that, but it is to raise money for today's choice. Um, it's a women's resource center. They do an, an incredible amount of good work for women who are, who are really, who are in either a crisis pregnancy, they're not sure what to do, they talk them through it, they offer an ultrasound, they have nursing um, uh, help there. They also provide for after you know, aftercare, they provide diapers, they, clothing, those kind of things. So they're not leaving the ladies who say yes to keeping their baby, you know. So, and they have some great, um, great, excellent testimonies online if you want to check it out. But they need support, and this is how they, this is how they do this. So their goal is 60000 this year. We've been promoting this for a while, but uh, I have been, you know, kind of scattered all over the place. So I wanted to kind of like see if we can this week really kind of get a focus on this. Think about this. If you're not sure what to do and you just want to, you want to bless today's choice, you want to raise money for them, talk to me. I will have a team set up and I'll be walking anyway. And so just give me the money. Just give me all your money. And so, <laughs> and uh, I'll do, I'll be a good steward of it. Don't worry. Um, but, but for real, like if you're not sure or you can't walk or whatever, just see me, let's raise the money, let's, let's bring it to today's choice so they can keep doing the good work that they're doing. So that is Saturday, October 14th. The check-in is 9 a.m., the walk is 10 a.m., and it's at the Sussex County Fairgrounds in Augusta. So if you can be there and walk, that's great. It's a great thing. So um, we also have, uh, on, a, on a, a sad note, really, I mean, you guys, I'm sure, have all heard that uh, Israel is in know, a state of war right now. They declared war because they were attacked yesterday morning um, at, uh, what, 6.30 in the morning or something like that. And it was on Sabbath and, and all of that. So there's people, a lot of civilians were injured, a lot of civilians were killed, a lot of military. They've taken the Palestinians, or Hamas, we'll say. Hamas, a terrorist group, has taken ground in Israel. And it's the first time that's happened, I think, in oh, um, maybe since the Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur War, 50 years, right? And so 
Um, so that's a big, big deal. That's a big problem. You know, so let's, uh, I wanted to take a minute because we have friends here. I don't know who else knows people over there, but, but we have some people in the congregation who have friends over there now. Um, so it's a, it's a scary, scary time. So, uh, so I just want to take a little bit of time and, uh, and lift that up, you know, as a, as a congregation. So I would encourage you, you know, just uh, cry out to the Lord. Let's see the Lord do some, some good work and bring peace over there. All right. So praise you, Father. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Almighty God. You are so, um, you're so good. I thank you, Lord, for, um, for your grace and your mercy. I pray, God, we know that you see what's going on. I pray, God, that you would, you would bring peace to that area. I pray that you would, you would, um, you would stop the terroristic activity, that you would come against that kind of thing. Lord God, and that, that there, would be, um, there would be healing in that land. I pray that you, Lord, would be exalted over there, that, that the name of Jesus would be, would be exalted over there, and that true life and true peace, Lord God, like Paul said, that he, he would have given up his election if it was to, to see his kinsmen be saved, Lord and I pray that our hearts would be in that same place for Israel, that we would, we would long to see them. They have had everything. The prophecies, the promises were all theirs. I pray, God, that they would not reject Christ anymore, and that there would be true peace, and that you would come against the enemies um, and, uh, and just help with the border, help protect lives, Lord God. Just do, do work over there. Get the uh, civilians out of the... the the crossfire, and uh, that, Lord, you would, you would just work through this whole thing. I don't know what to pray for, except that we just want to see it stop. We just want to see you glorified. We just want to see peace. We want to see true life, Lord God. And uh, I pray that, um, yeah, that in this, that people would cry out to you, and uh, we, would, we would see um, your, your salvation in Israel, in Palestine, in Iran, in all of the Middle East, that uh, the enemies of you, of your kingdom, would be cast down, and that uh, you would be exalted, and that uh, your church would uh, come against the gates of hell, and we'd see your kingdom advance in that area. So I praise you, Father, and thank you, and uh, I lift this up to you in the, the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, it's tough. What do you pray for? You know, I, I, you want to see healing, you want to see... You know, especially if you have people you know over there, you know, it's something that, any war, you know, Ukraine, same thing. You know, it's like craziness when you think about it. You know, it's like, what, what kind of barbarism is that? You know, it's like, aren't we past this? You know, aren't we past this? But we're not, we're not, we're fallen, we're corrupt. We're gonna be talking a bit about that, so be encouraged. Um, but, uh, but no, we're gonna be, um, so anyway, you know, just keep, you know, keep, uh, keep them in, in your prayer. I also wanted to uh, have a special announcement, too. I was presented this by Sophie Gallagher. Um, we were, Steve and I were just up at a men's retreat up at Camp of the Woods. And um, they have some, uh, like, missions trips, short-term missions trips that they're looking to fill spots for. And there's one that was, that's going out in December now to Ecuador. And so I have a little video, and this is really, anybody who's interested, 
you could just contact Camp of the Woods and say, hey, listen, I saw this at my church. I'd like to be involved. I would encourage you, if you haven't been on a missions trip, to do it. You know, it's so good to see out of our little bubble. You know, this is all we see. We're going to be talking about that today, too. Perspective, what we see, you know. And when we're outside there, it's like, man, it's not United States everywhere. <laughs> you know, things are tough. And so it's good to, to kind of be, you know, it, it encourages you. It, it gives you, it makes you thankful for what you have, for sure. You know, and uh, so, so go ahead, um, go ahead and play that short, it's a minute, something like that. Have you ever wondered what happens on lift mission trips? I'd like to invite you to take a peek through one of the specific discipleship practices that we'll present in this summer's Quest series. We'll be offering three exciting short-term mission trips for you to join us on in New York City, Ecuador, and India. On these trips, we'll partner with quality mission organizations, experience firsthand what they're doing throughout the world, and join God in His kingdom work. Gospel Volunteers' mission statement includes to promote global evangelism. Our prayer is that through these trips, you'll develop the tools and confidence you need to lead your own short-term trip with your church to further the work of God throughout the world. Will you join countless others who are passionate about making kingdom impact to feed God's people, equip God's people, and propel God's people? To learn more about how to sign up for these mission trips, read the caption below. Yeah, so they have, like, like they said, they have three different trips. Um, the one, they do a great work up there too, Camp of the Woods. If you haven't been there, it's awesome. It's the first time I was there. It's just me and Steve, you know, so it was kind of, uh, kind of cool. You know, I've been, with, I've been at this church for 32 years, I think, um, something like that. And Steve and I have never just hung out, like something like that. Just us, you know, just, just us two. And it was kind of cool, you know, because I've mentioned before that, you know, um, you know, Steve's like my dad. You know, he led me to Christ. He's my spiritual father for sure. And, um, and so, and then, but he's also been that place where I can go and get, get wisdom and talk and, you know. So it was kind of cool just to hang out, you know. So uh, <clears throat> anyway, all right. So if you're interested in that, definitely go for it. Um, uh, so I'd also like to, at the end of this, you know, I, I, like this is a lot of like prep here for this message, but at the end of this, I'd like to invite people up. If you have any prayer needs, you know, I'd like to invite you up. Elders, if you're cool with hanging out, I think, we, what do we got? Oh, we got two. All right, cool. Um, and uh, prayer team, if you, if you got time, you know, and you can hang out, it'd be great, because I know there are some people who are struggling with some illnesses and things like that, so... Um, so I'd invite you up at the end and, um, we can definitely lay hands and lay hands on you and let's get some, let's get some healing. Um, all right. <clears throat> so as you know, we've been going through, uh, Proverbs for the past couple months, even though summer is over, it was a summer of Proverbs, but we're still in it. You know, there's still good stuff to dig out of it. Um, so as I mentioned, the Proverbs two, one through five is kind of the, the starting verse that I wanna, wanna deal with. And the reason is that, like, as, I, as I'm prepping for this, you know, we're going through Proverbs, there's so many good themes that you could draw out of it. You know, there's, there's laziness or slug, being a slugger, there's dil and diligence, you know, that kind of thing. There's, uh, there, you know, we've talked about a bunch of different things, the fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom, those kind of things. So I'm, I'm going through it, and I was, I was really, 
like led to, to, to talk about the necessity of good counsel. And all of Proverbs, that's what it is. It's good counsel. And good counsel is so important. You know, and I don't know if you guys realize this, but pretty much every day, you're either counseling someone or getting counsel from someone. Anytime you say, hey, what do you think about this? It's counsel, you know? Any, anytime you give your opinion, it's a counsel, you know? But we want good counsel, because opinions, you know what they are, you know? Everybody has one, they all stink. Um, <clears throat> so, who was that? <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Um, yeah, I wish. Um, but anyway, so, so let's read this again. This is our memory verse anyway. So, but the whole premise of the book is good counsel. So Proverbs 2, 1 through 5. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And so all of this is a father talking to his son and saying, get good counsel. Why? Because it will help you understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And that's a good thing. So we're surrounded by the ability to get good counsel, and we'll look at what good counsel is. Um, so let's look at some verses throughout Proverbs that would suggest that this is something that, that we should be after. Um, in Proverbs eleven, fourteen. It says, where there is no guidance, a people, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. We get guidance and direction. Wise counsel, godly counsel from, from people who've been through it, they can help us avoid pitfalls and dangers. So that's two things, guidance, direction, safety, and protection. And we can get success and prosperity. Wise counsel can lead to success and prosperity. Proverbs 15.22, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. You know, these, a lot of these references are references to a king making war, you know? And so it kind of fits, right? I mean, we're, can, we're in a place, right, where we're always being challenged um, that, that we're kind of in a war. You know, we're told in, in the New Testament, Paul talks to us about wearing the full armor of God. So we are in a place of that. So we need to, we, if we want to be successful, we need good counsel. So number four, learning and growth. Listening to wise counsel can contribute to personal growth and learning. Proverbs 19.20, it says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. So we can learn and grow. Number five, avoiding folly and mistakes. Seeking wise counsel helps in avoiding foolish decisions and costly mistakes. Proverbs 24, 6. For by wise guidance you can wage your war, and in an abundance of counselors there is victory. So we can avoid a lot of things by getting good counsel. Number six, correction and improvement. Wise counsel can also serve as a source of correction and improvement. Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. When we get someone who's willing to tell us the truth, that's a true friend, you know, because he's looking out for us. He's looking out for the, not just us today, or what they can get out of us today, but they're looking at us in the future 
How does this benefit them? You know, they're going to tell us the truth. So we can get correction and improvement. So faithful are the wounds, wounds of a friend. Sometimes the truth hurts too, right? <laughs> you know, so I don't like to know when I'm, you know, messing up, but who does? But we need it. We need somebody who's going to be willing to tell us that. And we have that. We have that. That's what Proverbs is. So the whole point of going through Proverbs is to learn to receive good and godly counsel. It's full of it. Um, I could be taken the wrong way if we cut that right there. Uh, but anyway, so but it's, it, the book of Proverbs is full of good counsel. And so the whole Bible is our counselor, really, right? That's where we go. If you have a godly or a biblical worldview, that's what we view everything through. We view it through the Word of God. That's our lens that we view everything through. It's important. Second Timothy, this is where we see what the Scripture is for. Second Timothy 3.16-17, through 17, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the manna of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So that's what the scripture is there for. It's there, it's profitable for us for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That's what all of the scripture is for. That the man of God, woman of God, may be complete, equipped for every good work. That's the goal. That's why we want to view everything through the lens of scripture. And that's why we need to surround ourselves with people who will give us good and godly counsel. Because when I say good counsel, I don't just mean like, you know, hey, I, I, you know, uh, this, this company on the NASDAQ, you know, you should invest in this. I mean, that might be good counsel. It might be bad counsel, but it's not godly counsel. Godly counsel is what's to make us a man of God, complete, mature, and equipped for every good work. That's what it's there for. That's why we dig into the word. That's why we are always encouraged to spend our time in God's word, spend our time in fellowship with one another, because, well, we'll get into that. I don't want to jump ahead. <laughs> oh. So when I say good counsel, I mean godly counsel. And th the thing about godly counsel is it lines up with God's word and the character of God. It's counsel that understands the principles of God, and it lines up with reality. So when we how, get count, like we, we've gone through this, right? We have the folly, we have the wisdom of this world, we have ungodly wisdom, and we have godly wisdom. The ungodly wisdom is a lie. Godly wisdom is true. It's reality. The better we line up with God, the better we line up with his principles and his word, the more in line with reality we are. Like it's real. And, and we see this, like this, uh, this, this like, the vision in the world today, and it's becoming clearer and clearer. The world is confused. Why? Because they're not lined up with reality. They're not lined up with God's word. And they can't even see it. They're in such a delusion. They can't even see that what they believe, regardless of what God says about it, that it, it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't line up. It's not real. It's not reality. You know, um, so, and we see that with the gender stuff, and we, and we talk about that a fair amount, and I think that's okay. You know, I don't know how people feel about that. I think politics is okay to talk about in church. I think 
the, the social issues are okay to talk about in church. This is what the standard stuff was from the pulpits in the old days. Back in the day, you know? They talked about the things of the day. What was going on. Why? Because we're living in it. And we need to know how to live in it. It's reality. And so that's what, so I, I, you know, if, if somebody has a problem with that, just come and tell me, and that's fine. We'll talk about it. Because I think we can back that up with Scripture, the necessity to talk about these things and deal with these things and be part of what's going on. You know, be part of the church. Be the church. Be the buttress of truth in this culture. We are it. I say this all the time. I'm, I, I, like, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but, but it's, that's the reality. We are. We are the ambassadors of Christ. We are the image of reality. We need to be, uh, get excited about that. Um, the enemy, we, we, did, uh, we, uh, we did the membership class this morning, and we were talking about, you know, you can get so caught up when we hear things about, like, like the war in Ukraine, Israel, what's going on in the culture today, all those kind of things. And, and people can have this mentality of, man, things are just getting bad, you know? And yeah, that's bad. But... Or, or we see things like um, somebody had brought up something about um, that they're not seeing the term happy Thanksgiving or something like that in the, in the stores or something. And I'm like, okay, well, what are we doing about it? What are we the church doing about it? You know, it's our job to say, hey, this is real. This is the truth. Let's stand and let's bring that. The problem when we hear what's going on and things start looking bad, we can't shrink back. You know, we can't shrink back and have this bomb shelter me uh, mentality of like, well, you know, things are just going to get worse and worse. So I better just, I better save up like two years of food. I mean, go ahead. If you want to save up food, that's great. At least I'll know where to go. But, uh, but like, but that can't be where we stop. We could do all that stuff, but we got to go, let's go. You know, Jesus said, go and make disciples. He never said to cower. Look through the scripture and tell me where God ever told his people to be afraid, to be concerned about what's there. He shrunk their armies. I forget who it was, but it was so great. He was like, no, nah, that's too many people. Just get this many people, you know, because God is God. We're his people. We can, we can see things be changed in this culture if we're willing. I think. I'm encouraged by that. I think we can. And we've seen it over the course of, what, almost 2,000 years. The gospel has changed the culture everywhere it's touched because it's true and it's real. You know, so things might look bad, but we see this, right? It's interesting, and I will be talking about perspective. I guess I may as well just jump right into it because I'm probably going to, I don't know, maybe I'll go back to it. But uh, what's interesting about us as people, right? Our eyes, both our eyes are on the front of our face. We don't see over here. I mean, I can see a little bit because like, <laughs> I have good peripheral vision. But we see this. This is what we see ahead, right? That's what we see. Now you got like um, critters like squirrels and stuff like that that are prey that have their eyes on the side of their head. They can see all the way around. They have a better perspective. We only have this perspective. 
we need somebody to see behind us. We need somebody to see all the rest of the perspective. So our perspective is very small. And so we need, again, a necessity for wise counsel, good godly counsel, people who can see those areas that we don't see. Okay, so. Uh, um, so if, if God's word is is all counsel, it's all obviously good counsel, good godly counsel, um, then we can just forget about all of this, all the people, right? And we can just get into God's word and just read it and just, just suck it up, soak it in, right? We don't need anybody else, do we? Sure we do. Sure we do. How many people get, get caught up in these they, they, are, they read and they read and they read and they, then they end up like having a vision of golden bowls and start a whole Mormon thing. Or maybe the Watchtower Society where someone said, oh, I, this is how I understand this. And they wouldn't hear anybody else say, maybe this is wrong. Have you thought about this? And they start the Jehovah's Witnesses or, or the, what was the, the Heaven's Gate, you know? Oh, it's a comet. When the comet comes, we're all going to, we're all going to be on that. It's like, huh, what's going on? Because they can't hear counsel. Because they're stuck in themselves. You know, they're too arrogant, too proud, or whatever. Um, so we can get that if we... Now, God's Word is perfect. You know, I can't say that enough. My eye is starting to twitch. God's Word is perfect. Right? It's perfect. But we need each other to help see the areas, to help question how we're understanding things because we only have our perspective to go with. We only have um, our experience. We only know us. And so we need people who can come alongside us and say, hey, you know, actually, this is how this probably plays out. At least this is how I've seen it in my life. You know, we need that. You know, it's good godly counsel. So we can't get, lock ourselves up into a room and just be like, I'm just going to read the word and then I'm going to have a perfect understanding of, of God and, and all this stuff. We need other people. He calls us his church, right? Like, why do you call the church? Like, we, we need each other. We got to work together and we'll get into that. <clears throat> so, so why do we get counsel from other people? We'll go through that a little bit more with some scripture. So we have a corrupt nature, right? We're born corrupt because of the sin of Adam. We're not born good. That's actually a problem in society today. It's one of the things that people believe. They believe that, well, people are just good and it's just their, you know, what surrounds them. It's the things that they go through that makes them bad. That's not true. That's not in line with reality. That's not what God's word tells us. And it's so important to get hold of that. James 1.14 says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. So our reason, our will, our desires are corrupt by our nature. We are corrupt by our nature. 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The things of the Spirit of God, they're folly. We can't understand them. Ephesians 2.1-3, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, 
among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. Before Christ, that's what we are. You know, so we're, we're corrupt people. But be encouraged because we're not stuck there. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. So, when, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So we were strangers and aliens. We were children of wrath. We were at enmity with God. But now we are being built together into a dwelling place for, the, for God by the Spirit. You know, we read those verses that say, you know, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the temple of God, right? Like that's, that's what that is. We're being made something that's holy. And we're being built up together in that. This is, again, the representative of, uh, of Christ, the church. Ephesians 4, through 24, to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through de deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen. Being built together, as mentioned before, all scripture is for our growing into the fullness of what we are saved for. <clears throat> so besides our corrupt nature, which is a limiting factor, right, um, of, uh, of us understanding God's word properly, because we still, although we're new creations, we're new creatures in Christ, we're, we're being made, we're being made into that. You know, we're being made into things that are holy. So we still have that vestigial issue of the old man. Um, Besides that, we're also limited. We're limited in our own nature. We only have one perspective, as I mentioned. We're in our situation and judge everything by our experience, our learning, our understanding, and our viewpoint. So we need to surround ourselves with counselors that can see the things we don't see in us, that can help point out the areas that are not lined up with God's word. This is so important. What prevents us from seeking good, godly counsel? What, what could prevent us? Our own pride. Maybe I got this. I don't want to say how bad I am. <laughs> you know? I can't tell anybody about this. You know, like you can't let that stuff get in the way. We, we need to allow the Lord through his word, good godly counsel, through his word, through his spirit, other people's perspectives to, that we can trust, that are giving us good godly counsel to help make us what we should be in Christ. We need each other. We need each other. This is the church. We should be able to do that. We have that. Oh, it's so cool. We're not left to ourselves. No man is an island, right? That's, that's one of those sayings. Um, so, so there's a, a proverb in Proverbs 27, 17. It says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. And I've read it in other uh, versions, and it says, as one man sharpens another's countenance, which is their appearance. I think this is so cool, because normally, to sharpen something, you wouldn't use iron to sharpen iron, but 
there is, a, there's a, there's a sense of there, the, these two things are the same nature. It's like as one man sharpens another man. We're all of the same nature. And we need to sharpen one another. And I, I was thinking about this, and I think this is, this is so cool. A file is iron. A file has been hardened and has been shaped into something that is useful to sharpen steel or iron. A file is a cutting tool. I don't know if people know that, but that's what it does. It cuts away the rough edges and the unnecessary things to make whatever it's touching to be something useful. That's what we need to be. We need to grow up. We need to sharpen one another so that we can be as useful as possible for God's kingdom. We're here for his purpose. We're here for his pleasure. That's so cool, man, when I think about that. Because I file, I sharpen chainsaws, you know? And that's what I'm doing. I'm getting rid of the dullness. I'm getting rid of the thing that stops it from being useful. That's what good godly counsel does. That is so, uh, we, it's so necessary. We need that. We have to be able to receive that. We have to be able to seek that. We have to be okay with that. To have somebody say, hey, listen, I see this area over here, and the file hurts. The, ki- the, uh, the wounds of a friend. The file hurts, but let's be okay with that. You know, that's um, because it's so important. But it makes us better. It makes us what we're supposed to be. So godly counsel influences our manner, our appearance, our character. It sharpens our wits. It controls our conduct. And in all of that, it brightens our countenance. It makes us represent Christ well. So important. The whole Bible's good godly counsel. <laughs> you know, and the better we know it, the better we can be useful you know, to, to help other people. And that's what we're called to do. Go and make converts. No. Go and make disciples, teaching them everything that I have taught you. That's what Jesus says. Not make, not make converts. Um, there's more to it than that. And this is self-perpetuating, you know. So we see why we need to get good counsel. Where do we get good counsel? Besides the word, right? We understand in general, it's the people, you know. We need that. But there is a structure to this that I think is important. Right now, there's almost no teenagers here, which is unfortunate. Because this is so important for teens to get a hold of. That kids need to realize that they, have, they go to their parents. There's a structure of authority, right? I don't know, I was hoping, I, w- I wanted to. If I had more time, I might have set up kind of like a prop thing. We did this at our house years and years ago. And it talks about the umbrella of authority. So I, uh, we had some, some of the kids' friends over, and we did this little object lesson. And so I had my wife go upstairs with all the old food out of the refrigerator and open the window upstairs, and I had an umbrella, right? And I was talking to the kids about if I stay under my authority, then I'm protected. But as soon as I walk out from under my authority, and she dumped all the, 
all the old food on me. It was such a great object lesson, though. But that's what happens. Like, kids need to understand. They can come under their parents. If their parents are honoring God, doing their best, come under your parents and say, hey, mom, dad, what do you think about this? That's where good counsel, godly counsel comes from, too. You know, so, so yeah, that's a great object lesson. Anybody wants to do that at home, I could show you how we did it. Um, yeah, it was nasty. It was cold. It just came out of the fridge. Um, so, anyway. <clears throat> so, it says in Exodus twenty twelve, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I think this carries over too. Like, like when I, if I have a big decision, I'll call my dad, you know, and I'll say, dad, what do you think about this? Because sometimes the Lord speaks through our authority, you know, and sometimes our authority sees stuff that we don't see, you know, because they're close to us, you know, so that's a close relationship. And uh, so I would encourage people, you know, if you have a good relationship with your parents, even as old people like me, um, I still call my dad, you know, dad, what do you think? Now, I don't, I'm not required to believe, to listen to him, you know, I'm not under his authority in that sense. But I would honor if he said, hey, listen, I, I don't know, I think this. I'd be like, all right, cool, I'm going to wait then. You know, I'd give, just trust the Lord in that. I think, is, I think it's good. I think it's wise. Um, but we obey our parents um, that it may go well with us. Teens, all you teens that are in here. Um, anyway, so and then we have another, another aspect of authority and where we get good godly counsel, at least you hope, um, in, in the church. In the church, we have, as the leadership of the church, have a requirement to bring to the, the flock, we'll say, to you guys, the, the best possible godly information we can possibly bring. That's our heart. That's our desire. We want nothing but that, to see each individual grow up to be exactly what Christ wants them to be. That is it. That is it. There's nothing here but that. Hebrews 13, 17 through 19. This is a charge to the church, though, to understand that there's a responsibility of the members of the church, too. And we don't hear this much, because this is kind of like one of those things. It's like, well, I'll just go to another church, you know. Hopefully that's not the case. <laughs> Steve will come back next week and there'll be like nobody here. Um, well, you put up with three weeks of me in a row and you're still here, so that's good. Um, but I haven't, yeah, I still got time to offend people. Um, Hebrews 13, 17 through 19, it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. That's a pretty interesting statement. If you guys haven't heard that or read that, or maybe it didn't click, but that is a charge to the people of the church because we have to give an account for your souls. We're in that position. That's why when it says when there's, if you seek the office of, of an elder, like that's, like that's a pretty, like that's a, that's a responsibility. That's, that could be like a scary thing. 
So, <clears throat> and then, so we have to give an account. And then it says, let them do this. Let us give an account with joy and not with groaning. So that's an encouragement for the body to say, let me do my best to be as, get a hold of the truths of God as best that I can so that I don't have to give these guys a hard time. You, you know, so. Um, and then he says in verse 18, it says, uh, uh, well, actually this must be, a, this is in Hebrews, but uh, I don't know where it is. Um, do you have it up there? Yeah, it's 18. So pray for us, it says, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you sooner. So there's a charge to obey the, your leaders, to submit to them, because we're keeping watch over your soul, because we have to give an account, and to pray for us. Pray for us as, as people who have to do these things. That's our call. Like, you know, I say have to, like this is like drudgery, but it's not. Um, and with all of that, like because there's a responsibility here, we want nothing else but to give good counsel, good godly counsel. So go to your church, go to your leaders and say, hey, you know, let me, you know, I have this question here. You know, what do you think about this? How does this line up with God's word? I'm not sure what to do with this. Like, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. So, um, <clears throat> so it's pretty serious, you know, business. It's our desire to give God the counsel. Um, and then husbands, and this is another thing. What time is it? 10 of? I won't get to this because I want to take some time to pray. <laughs> so um, I want to definitely take some time to pray. Um, but there is, a, there is another authority, you know, and that's in the home. And we've been, you know, we've gone through that a number of times. But I'll just say this. Husbands, we are the source. We are the ones who are making the connection. We are, not that the, the wives don't make a connection with Christ, but he works through the authority of the home. The Lord is the head of the, um, Jesus is the head of the husband. Husband is the head of the wife. It's the source. We're the headwaters. You know, our wives should be able to go to us and say, hey, um, yeah, I'm not sure about this. You know, how do you understand this? And they should have trust in that, that we're going to do our best to give them godly wisdom. Not just what we think or what's good for us, how I feel about things, well, I'm angry this day, or well, I didn't get enough sleep. But it's no. What does God's word say about this? You know, if we can't do that as men, if we can't do that as husbands, we're not doing our job. We are not doing our job. If we can't do that, our wives should trust us enough to come to us and say, let's talk through this thing and know that they're getting good counsel, godly counsel. So I'll leave it with that. I don't mean to put like a, a heavy on people. But it's true, though. It is true. It is true. That's our call as husbands. So, all right. Um, I also wanted to present this to the whoever's here. You know, I, um, I don't know where everybody is. There's some new faces here. I know a ton of you folks, but um, I don't know everyone. If you feel like the Lord is drawing you, and you're not sure if you have a relationship with him, you feel like he's working in your life, he's, he's, he's kind of he's bringing you along, 
you're starting to desire him, those kind of things, I would encourage you to after, just come up and let's pray for you. You know, maybe you don't know the Lord. And this is a good time. If he's drawing you, then he wants to, he wants to know you. So come to him, you know, and, uh, but just come up and we'll pray for you. All right.